cooking up in the kitchen. Oh, that smells good. I want some of that. Where is that coming from? That smells like some soul food. Yes, it is soul food, but it's soul food for spiritual nourishment. The food that will never expire. Never expire? I need this food every day. You are listening to a spiritual-based podcast here to satisfy your soul and feed your spiritual hunger. No matter where you are, at home, at work, or on the go, you can listen in right now. Don't let your soul go hungry. It's It's time time for for some some soul food. food. Hello, dear friends. May the Lord Jesus, the God of the Bible, bless all of you. This is it. I have with me once again, Pastor Hector. How are you? I'm good, Bishop. We are going to have in today's show the story, the live story of Devante, a young man who was thirsty, thirsty for happiness, thirsty for life, but he only found the bitter water. He's going to share with us his story today. Devante, how are you today? How you doing, Bishop? I'm doing good today. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Come to me and drink. I have a water that you have never tasted in life. Not everybody that goes to church, attends to the church service, or even help in the church, they have some tasks, activities in the church, is of God. What characterizes a person as a son, a daughter of God, is not his title, the name that he is called in the church as a pastor, bishop, deacon, not just to be religious, because a religious person is far from God. I have seen, I have met many religious people that are far from God. They don't know God at all because they have not surrendered their all. It's like they associate to a church, to a church community, and they are there. They grew up inside of a church. They learn songs, Bible verses. They learn to preach, but they have never known God. Yes, they surrendered in a sense. They surrendered themselves to the church. They did not surrender themselves to God. So that's why they're there and they have many tasks. They're important members of the church, but they don't have a relationship with God. They don't have the spirit of God inside of them because they surrendered themselves to an institution, but not to Jesus, not to God. And it is very easy for a person to understand. It is very, very, very easy. Just see your life. You are one person in the church, somebody else at the home, somebody else in your working place. You are one person in the church, but in the neighborhood, you are somebody else. So while you are in church, you act like a believer. When you are among the unbelievers, there is no difference. And that's the proof. That's the proof that the person has not surrendered themselves. Because when a person surrenders themselves 100%, they are the same person everywhere they go. Many times, I know, I believe it happened to you already, Many times, people come to us and they say, hey, are you 
a Christian, a child of God, even without we say any words, without we show our badge, <laughs> without we identify ourselves, but they can see when you have the Spirit of God, you don't need to go around and say, I am a Christian, I am a church goer, I am a pastor. People can tell. Yes, they know you are different. They know that you are not like the rest just by the way you are because it comes out of you. That same uh, living water comes out of you to other people and they can see it. Whereas there are others who are a dried up fountain that nothing comes out. Those who have the spirit of God, they are that fountain that gives that living water as well. In the universal church, we don't cheat people to be religious, to follow the pastor, to be a church goer. We want to lead you to God. We want you to drink this water. If you drink this water, we, we are doing a good job. But if you are in church, but you are still thirsty, so our work is good for nothing, for absolutely nothing. Devonte. Yes, sir. You grew up being beaten, mistreated. Did any of these people that you were living with in their houses, did any of them used to go to church? Yes. And, you know, it was at one point, you know, we used, I was going to church too. I was going there. And we would go there faithfully, faithfully. I would go there with them. I didn't understand nothing. And like you were saying, Bishop, you know, they, they, people go to church. And in church, there's someone. But outside of church, there's some, someone else. This, this was the case with the family. They would go to church. They would even take me, me, my sister. They would take us. And outside of the church, no one didn't know who they were. They would go there, dress nice. But outside of the church, they were smoking. One of them was an alcoholic. The, one of them, he smoked. And I'm not judging them, you know. I'm just talking about who they were mm -hmm. outside of the church. And then one of them, he, he mistreated me. He didn't like me. He liked my sister more than me. He didn't like me for nothing. And this is what uh, the youth nowadays, they don't go to church. They don't. I didn't want to go to church, Bishop. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go to church. When I went to church, I would sleep. I'd just be looking around. I wouldn't pay attention to nothing. I wouldn't pay attention. I'd be ready to get out of church. Because of so many bad examples. Bad examples. Because the parents, grandparents, going to church and in, in, at the home, they were somebody else. So in the young one's mind, they say, I'd rather not go to church than be like my daddy, my mom, my grandparents, because they go to church, but they are fake. They are completely fake. Well, you went to the streets. Yes, sir. Why? I went to the streets uh, at, when I was 14. I left my mom's house. I, I got a chance to go back to my mom's house, Bishop. But, you know, Things, things was not right at all. My mom was living a secret life that I didn't know about. You know, she start, started to date opposite sex, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't understand nothing. I didn't understand nothing. I'm like, mom, is it like, this is what you're doing now. Cause she didn't tell me this mm -hmm. at first Bishop. She didn't tell me nothing. And I started, I went back home. I was living with her. I was from her, from my grandma's house to her house, from my grandmother's house to her house, my mom's house on weekends. My grandma house throughout the week, you know, for school or so. One deception after the other. One disappointment, one frustration after the other. Yes, being deceived, lied to his whole life pretty much. Mm -hmm. Always 
getting promises that were not being fulfilled, being shown a life that he was supposed to have, but never really having it. Well, um, as you said, uh, you, are, you are not judging people, judging your mom. But when you went home, 14 years old, you were already in a different mindset. You left as innocent boy, but you came back uh, like a different person. I was different, Bishop. My mom didn't know who I, you know, who I was. My grandma, nobody understood me. No one knew me. I was like in a room full of people that didn't know me. And, you know, so I would get in a lot of disagreements, arguments with my my big sister. I had a big sister as well. My big sister, my cousins, everyone. I would get in like, you know, fight a lot with them, like fist fight, like with them. I didn't care. I would punch holes in their walls because I'm like, y'all don't know nothing about me. And you then you tell me this and then you lie to me. And so from that from that point, I started to, you know, get in trouble a lot in school, Bishop. I started to get in a lot of like crucial, like bloody fights in school, inside of the school. I started to, you know, hang around with different, at first it was cliques before it was gang. I started hanging out with different like cliques in the neighborhood. Like guys, we go rob people, like petty robberies, like take bikes, go there, rob the grocery store, stuff like that. I started to, you know, do that. And then eventually my mom will always take me to, you know, block parties. My mom was a person that goes out to party and she, my, all my uncles, they was like drug dealers, you know, killers. And I, I didn't I didn't know them, you know, until I started to really go around this atmosphere. So I started going to block parties a lot, hanging with the different neighborhood kids in the hood, et cetera. And we, I started getting in a lot of trouble. Eventually, I started to smoke weed. I started to, as well, I was already prescribed to a lot of medication, but I would abuse it. My mom would even sell my drugs, you know. My mom... I, Hold on, she did what? She she sold my drugs, Bishop. I was being prescribed a lot of pills, but these pills were, weren't like just normal pills. They were pills you can get high off. And so she would sell these pills and get money off it. And I would take the pills as well, and I would be high off it. I think they want you have to come back tomorrow. You still have a lot to say. A lot, Bishop, a lot. So tomorrow you are going to be back with us to continue your story. Uh, Pastor Hector... The Universal Church is open for everybody. A person like him or like his mother, their family background, in many places, they would not accept them. But at the church, Universal Church, we accept everyone. That's why we have this open door policy. Come what as do you, you mean, are. What do you mean everyone? Come as you are. Come with your problems. That's what the church is here for, to help you to get through these problems. Jesus was among the thieves, the prostitutes, the evildoers, helping them, saving them. And many times he was criticized because of that. But the reality is Jesus saved those who wanted to be saved. And maybe you say, I don't deserve this Holy Spirit. I don't deserve a second chance. After all that I have done, evil stuff. Hey, my friends, Jesus came for you. He did, not care. he did not come for those who are sane, but he came for those who are so-called insane. Those who are the, the worst ones, the terrible ones. Jesus came for you, and he's giving to you a new chance to rise again. In a few, we are going to pray, and the Spirit of God will possess you. You still have a chance to come to one of our churches, the Universal Church, and you are going to seek God, and God will fill your heart, and God will fill your soul. 
Let us pray, let us talk to God. The promise of the Holy Spirit will take place, will come to pass right now. Close your eyes.
my Lord and my Father. You are the one that came to save the lost ones. You came to the lost sheep of Israel. This person that is called as a black sheep. But you came for people like this. Lord, a person that was born and raised in your presence and is with you, this person was privileged from birth. But there are many others that were cursed from birth. Like the blind man who was cursed, who was born blind, never saw the light of the day, the light of happiness, the light of salvation. That was the case of the Vont and many others, the Vontes that are out there. Holy Spirit, I know that you came for people like this. You did not come to save angels. You did not come to save the good ones. But you came for people like Mary Magdalene, like Zacchaeus. You came for people like the woman caught in adultery. You came for the Samaritan woman who had five husbands. You came for those who are lost, despised, rejected by everyone. Jesus, I don't know who is listening to this prayer. I don't know who is praying with me over the radio, YouTube, Facebook. But I ask you, my father, touch this person right now. Do the same you did for the vont. You gave him a chance. Give it to this person a new chance right now. Give it to this person, oh Lord, a new life to rise again, to become a different person. This is what I am praying, my God. And I do believe that you can do it. You can save. You can transform this person's life once and for all. My God, bless all those who are praying with me with peace. Those who cannot sleep so that from now on, this person will sleep like a baby in peace, peaceful nights. I pray that this person in prison may be saved, in the hospital may be healed right now. Lord, I give you thanks. I thank you in advance because Lives have been transformed through this program. Lives have been saved through this program. And I give glory to your name. Thank God. Glory be to God. Because you are saving souls. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You are blessed by the best. The greater God has blessed your life. Come to one universal church near you. If you don't know where to find us, our website, there you can find 
uh, our addresses. You are going to look for locations and you are going to find the church near you. Here in Houston, Texas, our address is 7075 Southwest Freeway between Bel Air and Hillcroft. All are welcome. Tomorrow again, we are going to be back and we are going to have more of the Vontes story. God bless you. Have a good one. In life, there is no greater privilege than to be chosen by God. The Lord Jesus foretold that majority are not. In fact, many are called, but few are chosen. Among the 7.5 billion people in the entire world, there is a group of people that were handpicked by the Almighty to be His witness on earth. Among them are ex-prostitutes. I thought I, 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 I was made only to use my body. And when God accepted me, that was the most, it was very special. Ex-criminals. You want these words to come true in your life, that they come true in my life. Ex-addicts. I went to the courthouse and told them, please, you need to lock me up because I'm going to die because I was smoking so much crack. When the Holy Spirit came in me, I couldn't, it was so much joy and peace. Ex-pimps. This is what I know, so this is what I'm doing, so I'm going to continue. The Holy Spirit taught me how to be a wife, taught me how to be a mother, taught me how to be an auntie, taught me how to be a sister, taught me how to be a woman, period. But what is God's criteria to make such a choice? The answer is, but God, God has, chosen has chosen the foolish, the foolish things, things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God, God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. God, God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. And now God has chosen you. Thank you for listening in here on Soul Food Podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode and keep your notifications on. Look, don't forget to share this food with others to feed their souls. Give the food that lasts forever.